I'm Molly O'Connor. And I'm Sarah Connell Sanders. And you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles, and pop culture. This week on Pop It, we are answering listener questions, making our Pop It gift guide selections, and sharing our pop culture picks for 2019. Yes. So gift guide wise, I had asked you to like pick three things that you would really yes. want. But like almost all of these categories, I started with three or whatever. And then I was like, oh my God, in this. There are 100 things. I know. The first thing on my list though is Helen's Lady Mugs. So what are those? Oh, Helen. Helen. Yeah. yeah. Is it Seagull? 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 I would say Seagull. Yeah. Oh, like Matt Seagull from Maddie in the Morning. It's spelled slightly differently, but I think it's the same. Oh, okay. Helen Siegel, she runs a pottery studio called Sludge House. And she calls herself a pot dealer, which I always think is really funny because she makes pots. She's not not a pot dealer. (laughs) But her pottery is just so, like, cheeky and clever. And um, she has these mugs that are, like, the female form. I bought one for my mom for Christmas last year. And I think that they are beautiful, practical, and super creative. And Right. And, like, we know who made them, which is the coolest part. Um, I actually was just at Sparkle on Park with my mom, and we were admiring we were admiring them. So I definitely think that's a good one. What did you put on your list? Um, so my first entry is face masks. Mm-hmm. Um, just like for anyone in your life who's interested in like luxury. <laughs> or, or just like feeling just, luxury. Right? No, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And I was thinking about it too because like you – and the thing is with the face masks is like you can go to like Sephora or Ulta and you can get these really beautiful nice ones from like La Mer or Kiehl's and do that. Or like say you just like want to grab some stuff or you don't like – you can't afford that necessarily. I highly recommend the Yes To brand. Like Yes To Cucumbers, Yes To Grapefruit. It's just an all-natural product. You can get them at CVS. But like those are awesome stocking stuffers and they feel great. Like even though they're not like – The super expensive ones, they're a great gift. People love them. I love the ones that you can peel off of your face. It gives you that sensation like when you were a kid and you get Elmer's glue on your fingers yes. and you peel it off. Or my, or if you were like my cousins and I and you would like, you ever stick your finger in a wax candles <laughs> yes. and then like take off the wax. Yes. I like those ones, especially the ones that like, that stay like glossy. They don't like mm-hmm. become a color because then I always look in the mirror and I feel like a replicant from <laughs> Blade Runner. I'm like, am I a human or a replicant? <laughs> Well, on that same line of thinking, I just bought myself a rose quartz roller for your face, which is something I saw on Goop, and it was expensive. It was like $50 on Goop, but then I looked on Sephora, and they had them for $20, and then I looked on Amazon, and they had them for like $6. So going to Sephora and buying Sephora brand stuff, which Mm -hmm. is, it's just like buying the generic at the grocery store. It's the same product. Right. It's brilliant. It's $10 cheaper at least every time. So these rollers, you literally roll them on your face and you can do all your watching TV or whatever. It's super <laughs> relaxing and they're for a lymphatic drainage and they also like reduce the puffiness of under your eyes and get rid of wrinkles. But yeah, they're just super de-stressing and relaxing. Uh, and I think it would be a good stocking stuffer. And the other kind of roller that's always a really good stocking stuffer, lint roller. Yes, I agree with that too. You can never have enough lint rollers. Yeah. Does this look like, so like, what is it? How big is it? Actually, oh, grab that pink pouch right there. It's right here, guys. (laughs) Are you going to do unboxing? I thought it had a zipper and I was going to do like an ASMR, like a zip, (laughs) but it doesn't. Oh, but we can, oh, oh no. I don't even know what this is for. I think you like rub it on your face. Can you guys hear that? (laughs) Can you you hear it? It This is an ASMR podcast now. (laughs) It looks almost like a razor that you would use to yes. shave your legs, but instead of having a blade at the end, it's a roller that you roll on your face. It's very pretty, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually. Yeah. What's next on your list? Mine is, so this is like, so I used to tell my mom not to listen to this part, but <laughs> I, was, I was thinking this year, I think that nostalgia is a really big thing, especially among millennials or whoever, but um, one of the ideas I had this year, and again, Amazon is super helpful for is like finding like retro games that you used to play. So my big one, I'm not going to name what I got my mom, but I will say that one of the other ideas I had that we used to play, which I found, is Pretty Pretty Princess. Mm-hmm. And I like, there it is there. If you want to buy someone in your life, Pretty Pretty Princess, the game where you become a princess, 
it's on Amazon. So I think that's a really fun idea is like trying to find the stuff that you can't necessarily find as easily anymore since it's not like one of a hundred versions of Monopoly. And they're all there. And I just, I think that's a fun idea. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, mine, my next tip pick is also a little bit nostalgic. Ah. It comes to you from my brother-in-law, Johnny Kutu, yes. who is the coolest man in Worcester. He is. A- aside from my true. husband. <laughs> terrific as well. But um, <laughs> Terrific. He operates a booth out of Crompton Collective that started as all this handmade custom furniture, and then he's kind of transitioned to also do custom t-shirt printing. printing? Yep. And so he takes all the patents for inventions that came out of the city of Worcester, and he makes these amazing t-shirts. And there are so many. (laughs) Yeah. But the newest one is for the pink lawn flamingo. Did you know that that was from Worcester? No, I did not. Oh, my God. And so I got really into this, like reading all about the inventor Don Featherstone, because unfortunately he passed away and I was reading his obituary and he and his wife, Nancy, are totally famous because they dressed alike for decades. Oh my God. So not only did he invent the pink lawn flamingo, but he and his wife also dressed as twins for years. I just think he's so fascinating. follows because (laughs) pink pink flamingos are like known for being this like kind of gauche tacky thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that like that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So the newest 100-acre design apparel t-shirt is an ode to the pink flamingo. Oh, I got to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is My last one is local, too. It's the Lincoln Crafted Candles. I don't know about those. They are a local vendor. Um, I think it's like a couple. I met them last year at Simjang. There was like a maker's market there. And they hand make candles with like really delicious scents. Especially this time of year, you can get those really nice festive ones. And they make them in local beer cans. So I bought a few last year that were like in treehouse cans. Mm -hmm. So they're like the treehouse like pints that have so they have like the beautiful art on them and then there's a candle in it and so it was for like the beer lover and candle lover in my yeah well and that fits (laughs) a a wide range of people that I know or they'd be great couples gift right one of the partners loves craft beer and the other one loves home goods yes so it's just like a really fun kind of like something you wouldn't necessarily think of I was like whoa this is so cool Mm -hmm. so I found those last year they were a big success my bonus pick <laughs> comes from Thumbs, who is an artist from the UK who not only came out for our Pow Wow Mural Festival in Worcester this summer, but he also came back Let's and did, back. He did a residency here this fall. So we got to know him pretty well. He's very cool. He does this cool thing for 200 pounds, which is roughly $260. But you give him three pieces of pop culture that you love, and then he makes a custom print for you that is signed and dated. Um, and it's on like really nice, high quality paper, and he'll send it to you. So he's famous for doing mashups where he takes the Avengers and the Simpsons and makes a bunch yes. of new characters or whatever. So you would os- ostensibly send him three things that you really love, and then he would create a design as a gift. It's a really good one. And his stuff is really cool. It looks organic. Like sometimes I think you think of like, oh, a mashup that someone just did like whatever in their free time, but like his is actual like, it's a piece of artwork that he's like put a lot of care into and he and like I've noticed especially like with the Simpsons characters he doesn't match them just with like whatever he like whenever he's mashing them up it like goes with what like Bart goes with something that you're like yes that is aligned with Bart Simpson which is really cool yeah it's very smart I love it so we also wanted to go through some of our pop culture picks for the year 2019 and I can't believe I not only okay, I love this time of the year when people have all their year-end lists. Yeah. But this year there's also all these decade-end lists, and I thought that that was really neat. So maybe we'll revisit this That's at some been point. Wild. Yeah. We well, we could do a decade wrap-up too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but the first one on my list was the best book, your favorite book, the one that really stuck with you, and you would actually recommend to others that you read in 2019. Oh my gosh. I have to say, oh, okay, good. Because I was to say, it's not a 2019 book mm-hmm. because I have this problem that I believe, I think a lot of people do. I've talked to a lot of people about this is like, I'll go and buy three books mm-hmm. and I'll be like, I'm going to read all of these. And then I didn't. Um, but let's see. It was, oh no, hold on. It was, it was David Sedaris. It was the last one he released. I'm looking. But I get them mixed up because I've read all of his books and then I can't keep track anymore of which ones I just read. So the most recent one 
Yes, it was. So not the most. Actually, it's not even. Oh, man. I'm behind a David Sedaris book, too. <laughs> That's It exciting. came out a long time ago. It is. It came out a long time ago, but it's new to me. It's Let's Explore, Let's Explore Diabetes with Owls. Um, I love all of his books. He's a humorist. He just, he writes essays. Uh, a lot of them are about his family and growing up. And then some of them are just about his life in France with his partner, Hugh, or like moving to Japan or wherever. Um, and they're just like very, very funny and very straightforward and delightful. Okay, so. this is super weird because my pick is called Two Night Owl from Dogfish. <laughs> that is weird. We're all aboard the owl train. Um, but it was a collaboration between Meg Wallitzer, who I love, yep. and then Holly Goldberg, um, who uh, no, Holly. is a YA novelist. And it, this is a YA book. And they went back and forth corresponding as pen pals or like email pals. I was going to say, is this like an epistolary novel? It's so fantastic. And it's so funny and it's changed the way that I think about capital letters even because you can just sense the difference in voices between the two girls. Mm -hmm. So my initial thought was that one of the authors was portraying one of the girls and the other one was portraying the other one, but it wasn't. They would switch off, so they wrote both the voices and they went back and forth. But yeah, it's about these two little girls who realize that their dads are gay and are in a relationship and are like cross country and they just kind of start butting into their dad's email and stuff and learning about this relationship and then they find out they have to go to summer camp together and at first they're like don't talk to me we are not friends this is purely an investigative operation but then of course they develop a friendship it's like the parent well a little bit like the parent trap in that part yes it's a contemporary parent trap that sounds wonderful because it reminds me of one of my favorite books that i read when i was like 12 or 13 it's Mm -hmm. called um P.S. Longer Letter Later. Did you ever read that? No, never. And it was why I double checked because I knew that one of it was two authors. It was Anna Martin who wrote The Babysitter's Club. That's the one I could remember. And then I just had to look up. Paula Danzinger wrote the other part of it. And she did, um, she's done a lot of stuff like The Cat Ate My Gym Suit and Amber Brown is a crayon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was very similar. Well, it was really these girls, I believe they were just like best friends and one of them moved away. But I was totally engrossed. And so they were writing each other letters just like, whatever was happening in their life. And I loved that book. So I feel like same vibe. Yeah. I probably enjoy it. Well, I love multiple points of view. That's mm-hmm. like, and okay, so this actually reminds me of something else, which was our friend, our really dear friend, just went through a pretty major procedure. And she yes. like can't really focus on reading or even yeah. watching TV, but she can listen to audiobooks and podcasts. Mm. So she asked for audiobook recommendations too. And I was trying to think of what the best audiobook I listened to in 2019 was. And it's a book I've talked about before, but it's called Three Women. And it's three different perspectives. It's nonfiction. It was immersive reporting. So this woman followed around a cohort of other women for 10 years learning about their relationships. And one of the characters is the suburban woman, Lena, who like finds her high school boyfriend on social media and has an affair. One is a girl from North Dakota named Maggie, whose high school English teacher has a physical relationship with her. And then she goes through a criminal trial um, and she experiences like a lot of doubt from the community and everything, but she persists. And then the third character is Sloane, and she's this very posh, gorgeous, successful restaurant owner, but her husband like likes to watch her be intimate with other men and women, and she's grappling with that. It was just such a deeply poetic, nonfiction text. I couldn't believe it. And I loved that it was an audiobook because you hear the three different voices. Did they so they had I was gonna say, did they have different like at I'm assuming actors. I was, or what did did she get the real people to do it? No, she didn't. So, yeah. so like voice voice over whatever. That the, is cool though. The wildest thing too was she started with ten women in the study, I guess we'll call it, and seven of them dropped out. Yeah, because it was yeah. just so personal, you know, to it, have somebody yeah. following you around and delving into all your old messages and things. But that's probably in the end like a a good thing because then you can focus your reporting. You can go even deeper with the people who stayed I guess right yeah and I reached out to the author on Instagram just to say like oh my god I really enjoy this book I really connected with this part and like I've never had an experience like that where I connected so much with something or and she wrote back right away and I I just I the world felt so small that she was listening to me I thought that was really neat (laughs) hey thanks um I have one more thing that I read too it's not a book I have to recommend it's one of my favorite movie reviews ever written. If you get a chance to find Richard Brody's review of Joker in The New Yorker, it's just 
so it is a pan I'm gonna tell you that so if you like loved Joker maybe don't read it but it's just so well written and so well argued and the point and like I love a good film review um I grew up just like reading Roger Ebert because I'm a nerd but it's just it's so pointed and really really and it it's it's also like a social evaluation of it um I found it entertaining and educational (laughs) Highly recommend. Well, that's what I love about The New Yorker. Their mm-hmm. critics are allowed to have voice. You know? Oh, yeah. And sometimes in The New York Times, things like that get lost. Um, I love Pete Wells, though, the, the dining critic. Mm-hmm. Okay, next on our list is Best Show. And I had a hard time just doing one, but I will say I love Succession. It's like mm-hmm. this sick family dynamic repulsive human behavior but it's so funny because will ferrell is one of the producers that has this comedic sense of timing it's i think that it's like halfway through the first season i was like so this is a comedy right um it really is and it's it reminds me of it's directed by adam mckay who's like will ferrell's producing partner who also directed anchorman Um, but he also directed the big short which i think has that similar vibe where like there's a lot of and that's based on a true story where there's a lot of like serious stuff going on as far as like poor ethical decision making and obviously the economic downturn and corruption and stuff but it is made funny in that way of like the darkness of it and you're like oh yeah I get it my next pick was Fleabag season two which is beautifully written and it's just so when you meet the protagonist if you can call her that even she's yeah sex hot right and then you realize that she's in terrible grief and Mm -hmm. she starts a relationship with a priest and it's just like yeah it's another dark comedic wonderland i cried for 20 minutes (laughs) at the by the end of it i just sat on the couch and cried and like texted it like my mom (laughs) i didn't know what to do i was like (laughs) but my pick is unbelievable and that Uh was it was this teenager who's played by Caitlin Deaver. She's so good. She reports being raped, and then she recants her story because the police pressure her, mm-hmm. and they don't believe her. Um, and then there are these two female detectives who follow all this evidence. It's a police procedural once you get going, but the first few episodes are really hard to watch, but totally worth sticking it out. You know, there's a reason that you have to see certain things. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's the importance of telling the truth and digging for the truth, even when it's hard and doing what's right, even when it's what you don't want to do. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say Fleabag because I was like, well, Fleabag. (laughs) Um, and then Succession, I, I think I did a tweet earlier this year and I was like, I don't think that like humanity can comprehend (laughs) <laughs> well, there's something really like over the top and funny. The talent that Matthew McFadden has, because he's Tom Wayne's Which Gans. one is he? Oh, yes. <laughs> he's just like so far beyond, like in a different world of. He's just so brilliant, and I always think of him. He played Mr. Darcy in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, and I didn't like him in that, but that's only because I just really like Colin Firth, and I remember <laughs> being like, "Oh, that guy," and then like two episodes in, I was like. Yes. Oh my goodness. What a genius. Um, so definitely that would be there for me. Then I had two more little shout outs to Los Spookies, which is a show on HBO. Um, it was created by the, the two, two of the stars of it, um, Ana Fabrega and Julian Torres. And it's really out there. It's super weird. It's about this like group of friends who really like horror and just like horror things. And they come up with like a I wouldn't call it a plan. I was to say a business plan, and I was like a business model, which essentially is like them staging horror movie type scenarios in real life um, for people who, for hire. Essentially, does it have subtitles? It's yeah, it's in Spanish. There is there's like some parts that are in English, like Fred Armisen, who's a, one of the producers with Lauren Michaels, plays the uncle of one of the main characters, and he lives in Los Angeles. So like. Anytime they show him just like at his house, it's it'll be in English, but then it's primarily in Spanish. It takes place mostly in Mexico, um, but it's just like it's a delight. I'm it's really very glad funny. That you said that because I'm so lazy. Mm-hmm. I had heard about this show and I clicked on it, and then I realized it had subtitles. And I was like, uh, it was a Friday yeah. afternoon or something after a long week, and I was like, I can't. I can't, well, I think, but I need to go back to it. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those things too. It's like I mean, it's like reading, so it's not like <laughs> you're like. Oh, I hate this because of that. It's right. just like I need to do it when I when I pay attention because you want to give mm-hmm. it like what it's worth, 
Right. You um, can't check Instagram while you yeah. watch the show. It's very good. I have to say, too, that Julia Torres, who's one of the creators of the show, one of the stars, has a special that's it's on Amazon. Actually, it was on HBO. So you can find it all on HBO. I think I watched it on HBO through Amazon, but he has a, a comedy special on there that is just, it's almost like, just like therapeutic because it's very like, that's in English, and it's but it's very like quiet and it's like not like a normal stand-up comedy where like mm-hmm. he's walking back and forth across the stage. It has like a, it's like a concept work um, that is, it's very, very good. And then finally, I just, I really loved the most recent season of Schitt's Creek. It was just lovely. It always is. And I feel like, but I feel like it keeps getting better and better. But there was a new season. It's a show. It's a Canadian sitcom about this family who loses all their money and they own one asset. Their last asset is a town in Canada called Schitt's Creek that they bought as a joke. So now they're on the fifth season and they just are fully ingrained living in town and their relationships have grown beautifully. And it's, it's very silly and breezy and has great characters. So 10 out of 10. Nice. Now, your best movie of the year. I I did just finally see Hustlers movies, and it was like fun, and I enjoyed it. Enough movies. I hope J Lo wins an Oscar, but I love things that are based on essays too, on long form journalism. Yes, (laughs) and that story was so good. So I do this. I tend to watch all the movies from a year. It like literally in December and then like January of the next year because I do the Oscars. It's yeah, or just like whenever they're like out too. Like I haven't, I I love going to the movies. It's one of my favorite things to do. And it's like sometimes, especially in the summer, I like don't necessarily want to go to the movies. But I did see a movie a couple weeks ago called Jojo Rabbit. You guys are gonna think I'm crazy when I explain the plot if you haven't heard about it. It's about a. A uh, ten-year-old, I think he's ten, a young boy in World War II era Germany, who's essentially just like enamored by Hitler, and he wants to be a Hitler youth, and Hitler's his imaginary best friend. It's a comedy. I just it's very hard to explain. To an NPR story about yes, this. And they loved it. It's I. It's wonderful. Um, it's directed by Taika Waititi, who did Thor Ragnarok and What We Do in the Shadows. He's a brilliant genius. Um, but essentially, he learned this boy learns something that's like vital and life-changing about his mother during the war that really changes the entire story and changes him and it's really it's really remarkable because it does walk the line so well of like you're laughing out loud one second and then the next second you're like horrified and on the verge of tears it's interesting though because some people thought that like my mom and I were like blown away by it we were so moved and then some people saw it and were like wow I think this really messed up so that's interesting too and like I guess I can see that and I think a lot of that comes from the tonal aspect is some people had a lot of problems with that with those jumps I thought they were well done the NPR story I listened to talked a lot about the producers Mm -hmm. and made parallels there and the producers yes 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 um, a show about somebody producing a show about a flop. Hitler. A yeah. purposeful flop. And they yeah. are looking to lose money, but then people view it as a comedy and it becomes yes. very successful. Yes. Springtime for Hitler. Yes, exactly. And it's, yeah, it does have some similarities. At first I thought you were saying, <laughs> talking about like the producers of the movie, and no. I was like, wait, who are they? But yeah, I think I think that if you have liked Taika Waititi's past work I think he works really well with children too he made a movie called Hunt for the Wilder People and he's very good at directing them and just like working and like understanding a child like children but yeah I think if you've liked his past work you will enjoy it my favorite thing about it is that he talked at like in a panel about finding the right actor to play Hitler and how he scoured the earth and couldn't figure it out and said well I will have to do it and so it's like this Maori New Zealander (laughs) playing Hitler and he's brilliant he had to do it he was right wow yeah it's quite something because he does act as well but I recommend it I liked it a lot (laughs) my ultimate pick is book smart like you I well you said you love going to the movie theater I don't like going to the movie theater it's just not for me yeah but this was one that I had to see right away Mm -hmm. And I dragged my husband. I was like, look, he loves horror movies. But I was like, I will go. I want to see this movie. I've read so much about it. Mm -hmm. I've heard it, you know, talked about all over the internet. And I want to go. And my favorite character, her name was Gigi. She's played by Billy Lord. And this is also a film that features Caitlin Deaver, which was, you know. She's, Caitlin Deaver's amazing. She was the star of Unbelievable, my Mm -hmm. favorite show of the year as well. But yeah, Gigi, she's just like constantly 
popping up in this wild adventure that takes place over the course of like 24 hours mm-hmm. where they go to all these different parties and they're trying to revive their high school career because these two girls have been um, attempting to have perfect academic records yeah, so that they could go to Ivy League schools and they realize that everyone, Gigi included, <laughs> is going to Harvard or going to Yale and they didn't get in. Yeah. They didn't get into the Ivy League system. So they're they like, fun we're going to all these parties tonight. Yeah, and Gigi pops up everywhere she's like constantly jumping into water so she does this crazy belly flop and she's like i'm a golden starfish and then she jumps off of a yacht and like swan dives into um into the ocean and she's just a bright burner she reminds me of the friends that i have that i shouldn't have sometimes who just drag me into the wildest situations and then disappear yes and then come back and And then disappear where did you come from like your fun friends you know you have your your real friends and then you have your fun friends those are your real friends too gg ultimate fun friends um i do have to point out something that's very important is that everyone know that billy lord who plays gg is carrie fisher's daughter I didn't know that. And that's why she's so brilliant. Yeah. Um, her dad is Brian Lord. They were married briefly in the 80s. So, yes, she's oh she's wonderful. I love her. I love Beanie Feldstein, who plays one of the main characters in that movie. I think she's a genius also. I just want to point that out. I Beanie Feldstein it, forever. <laughs> it was really interesting to learn, too, that this was a revolutionary movie in many ways because the two characters featured one of them Caitlin Deaver is a lesbian and she's young and she's finding her way but she's like definitely come out already and her parents have accepted it and all of her friends have accepted it and then I found out that Feldstein is actually um a young lesbian woman in real life but they had Caitlin Deaver portray that role so I just thought it was interesting flip-flop I didn't even know that yeah part of it yeah I feel like there's a lot of good movies this year Shout out to Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Very cute. <laughs> How about your best song? Oh, okay. So my best song, both actually both my best song and album are like, there's two of each, cause, and they're both from the same thing. So like my first one is Seven Rings by Ariana Grande. <laughs> um, and then the album, Thank You, Next. I love mm-hmm. that song. I love the um, favorite thing sample. And I just think it's like a jam. I just think it's super fun. And I think she had a really big year this year after her after like so sweetener was huge right and then she had the pete davidson thing and then they broke up and then she released an album really early in the year and i think that it was just a lot of fun and mac miller died oh yeah so that was, was that her this year uh, yeah i, I think yeah. Right before. or was it late last year i know i can't remember it was right because the album came out pete davidson she broke up with and then that happened i'm pretty sure that sounds right. I can't remember if it was like right after she broke up with Pete or right when she got together with Pete. Alexa, when did Mac Miller <laughs> die? What a American dark question. Malcolm McCormick, better known as Mac Miller, died on September 7th, 2018. 2018. You're right. What a, I think it was, it was all, but it happened so fast. Okay, thank you. That's enough. <laughs> thank you, Alexa. American rapper Malcolm uh, no Alexa stop thank you <laughs> um Alexa's off the rails and then my other one is Harmony Hall by Vampire Weekend which comes off their album oh Father of the Bride yes of course Fought B what oh my god <laughs> Molly, I would like to present this to you <laughs> from David Connell. Ah! It is the Vampire Weekend pick that was used during the show that we went oh to. Oh, my God. <laughs> my dad was so excited. He was like, do you think your friend would want this? And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. So Vampire Weekend is my favorite band. They released a new album this year called Father of the Bride. It's like a beautiful work of art. Sarah and I went to see them, and... They had Rostam Batman Gleesh was one of their main members. He was he did a lot of their songwriting and producing and he left the band. Not like acrimoniously, he just was like, I have other things to do. But I was like, it's gonna change everything. Like they're gonna I don't I didn't know what was gonna happen. And Ezra Koenig, who is their other chief songwriter and the lead singer and guitar and one of the guitarists, kinda took over and just like made it his own and it was really like a beautiful I just like a beautiful album. And the show was great. So mm-hmm. I would say that one is another one of my top albums. And then Harmony Hall, I think, like, what a 
What a beautiful song. <laughs> I'm going to keep it really basic. I love Lover <laughs> by yeah, Taylor Swift. I, love, I do too. I love that song. Especially their performance at Saturday Night Live. It's just, it puts me in a really good mood. It's a nice song. It's lovely. I really, I really like You Need to Calm Down. Though. I just yeah. I just love that song. I didn't song. like it at first. Oh my god, grown on me. I immediately was like, "This is the best song." I do think that Taylor has grown up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not like in the past year, but like leading up to this year. I think that she's just like a lot has happened like to her and around her. I don't know if it, I don't think I wouldn't say it would like change her outlook, but I think she's just like about to turn thirty. She and I are about the same age. I think it's just like I think she's like yeah, I feel wiser now, and I think you can sense that from her. Being a child star is hard, and yeah. she was. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my other, my best album would probably be the Lumineers album three. It came out in September, but they released three singles over the course of the summer, and I was like, whoa, this is so innovative they're the really way they're good. releasing this album. <laughs> and then it occurred to me, like, wait, that is how, That's how you roll out artists an album. have traditionally rolled out albums for decades that you do like three singles, and that's the yeah, or like at least, like at least. But I'm one just or two. so used to it now that like yeah. we get the full album. You're just like, up oh, here it is. Yeah, or when it's Beyonce, yeah. you also get all the corresponding videos at once. Like I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, she really. I mean, that was like a, <laughs> something that she changed. Like her 2015 self-titled album, Beyonce. That was the first time that happened. I remember I was I was up late that I I was online as it happened, and people were just like, "What has happened? There's an like Beyonce just released a new album." I. I love that album, too. I like the Lumineers a lot. They have a song on it called Life in the City that I really like. It's a good one. Oh, I love They're that They're all song. good. Yeah, right? That's the one I'm always like, oh, this has made me happy. <laughs> okay, so we asked for some listener questions. We got some good ones. We've actually had two people ask this one. Um, <laughs> what's the deal with Baby Yoda? Yes. And then Ricky Nelson wrote in, only talk about Baby Yoda, like, for the full episode. Yep, I just actually, Sarah was, like, talking about something, and I looked at that, at that second, I got, like, very distracted. Um, yeah, so, so I couldn't tell you, talk about the Mandalorian, so, Disney Plus, Yoda. Yes, yeah, so Disney Plus obviously rolled out, was it last week, two weeks ago? They came out, they came out, like, running with a bunch of original series. One of them is the Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars property that takes place in like in the Star Wars universe that's like currently in theaters or just I think it's simultaneous to it. It's about a bounty hunter. He's the Mandalorian. But people if you haven't heard about this then I don't know where you've been. People are freaking out because there is a character on the show whose name is to be clear is not baby Yoda <laughs> but it is it is a tiny like infantile it basically looks like if Yoda was an, a baby an infant and the reason first of all well the reason people are freaking out is because it's just like adorable and everyone loves Yoda it's just crazy well it, it's still a mystery so the show is very smart it's rolling everything out like you are learning things as you go and do they release it weekly yes and it is yeah and it's not I mean it will eventually be like a bingeable show but it is I think it's cool how they're doing it like a traditional tv show rollout week to week but so Yoda as far as we know does not have any children that's part of being a Jedi it's very much like a priesthood in a way where you are like a solitary figure you cannot let emotions dictate what you do it's you know it's based in the force so that's why so people are like people like me are like well first of all it can't be like Yoda's baby for this reason Um, the other thing is just that we don't know the name of Yoda's species we know that Yoda is Yoda we've never seen any other of his species it's obviously implied that others exist and so for lack of a better name since we don't know the character's name or his species it's baby yoda (laughs) could i assume that do you know what a mandalorian is that's the that's like where he comes from he's a Uh, like the bounty hunter is a mandalorian yeah Excellent. Excellently put. (laughs) Okay, so what pop culture story can you not get out of your head from 2019 was the next question. I put Surviving R. Kelly. Um, Yes, that was the big one I was thinking of. That and um, Leaving Neverland, too. Yeah, and the two of them together. So in terms of R. Kelly, he's 52 years old. He has been pursuing teenage girls in a predatory nature for more than two decades, and including the most famous one is his illegal marriage to Aaliyah when she was 15 and he was 27. He was actually just served um, 
Finally. Because, yeah, he had obtained illegal documentation for her for that wedding. Mm-hmm. And finally, because of this documentary in many ways, yeah. a lot of his victims are finding justice. Yes. And I think... Or most, survivors. And it's interesting. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the charges, there's certain things that they can't get him on necessarily at this point. Or like mm-hmm. that there's lack of evidence. I think a lot of his charges are like false imprisonment at this point in time, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's wild. And those came out not too far from each other, too. So Leaving Neverland was the documentary where um, Wade Robson and another young man, James, his first name is James, they talked about growing up in the periphery or in in the world of Michael Jackson and being abused by him in a totally separate case from the one that he went to trial for. And they both have really similar stories that they hadn't told each other which is a lot, a big thing where people were like, oh, wow. Like, they were saying a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, that was wild. and Absolutely. Yes, I think that's, yeah. It was a big year for that stuff, the continuation of, like, the Me Too stuff. And I guess, so the next question, it was a follow-up from the same person. It said, what would be the Worcester story you can't get out of your head? Oh. And for me, I kind of, on the same line of thinking in terms of sexual assault and sexual misconduct, yeah. I was so impressed by the Holy Cross students who staged a sit-in because Mm -hmm. they wanted answers regarding the questions of sexual misconduct about two professors at Holy Cross uh, and the relationships that they carried on with students. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just couldn't imagine myself as a college student feeling so enraged and empowered to stand up to the administration. Yeah, I think, right, I think of, like, when I was, like, in school. I feel like, I mean, I went to Emerson where there was a lot of, like, social social justice type stuff there. But I think of myself specifically. I think that's a really good point. And I turn it on myself and I'm like, where would I have been for this? Because I was like, you know, I don't know, you're in college. It's just a different time. I think that is, that's big. What about you for a Worcester story? The dive bar closed. Yeah, that's, that's a all big I can one. think about. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when you said the, which is like I know recent, I know like, that's all I can think of. I hate this time of year. I have to like go back and like research. I'm like, what even happened in 2019? Right. And then I can never remember. I'm like, well, the dive bar closed. Like that was a big deal for a lot of people. They're even having on Tuesday at Medusa, or I don't know, yesterday it might be if this comes out <laughs> Wednesday. There's that the auction, and I was like, I want to go, and I have to work at Armsby Abbey. Supposed to be like, save me stuff. <laughs> But yeah, I just think that that was, I mean, for people in our circle, for people, well, a ton of people outside of it, it was just, you know, it was the end of something special. It's funny, though, because when you said the stories, like, that stuck in your mind about 2019, for some reason, all I can think of is literally something that happened last week, which is Justin Timberlake holding hands with that girl. Have you heard about this? No. <laughs> it's like I I'm like thinking about it all the time and I'll tell you you'll I'll tell you why. So basically like Justin Timberlake's filming a movie in Georgia and he was out with like some of the cast and crew one night and he got really 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 drunk and you can see it in the pictures there's photos of this and he's like sitting there and he's holding hands with one of the co-stars on the film is he still married to jessica biel yes and he has like his hand on her leg at one point and you're just like what's going on justin i Um, hate the power dynamics too he's a superstar she's an up-and-comer she's younger too yes and um but the thing that is wild that i that the reason that i'm thinking about it is that he wrote an apology on Instagram and was like, yeah, I, like, effed up. And I don't think that – I feel like usually people are just, like, let it kind of, like, ride out. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, this is just – it was just, like, a very interesting way to deal with it. And I don't well, that's think – that's what Aziz Ansari did as well. Right. It's like you just he, have to – in his stand-up special was like, I'm going to dedicate some time to this and yeah. talk about my – it wasn't – even an apology so much as an acknowledgement of his idiocy where he was yeah. like I didn't realize you know yep. I didn't understand how powerful I am or how other people might view our relationship yeah so it was just it was it was interesting mm-hmm. um so that one I just was like well it happened last week but I think that's also part of it is like recency is always well that takes me right to the next okay. question somebody asked us what 2019 breakup are you most torn up over Miley and Liam Okay. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's it, right? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh god. And then Miley went on that trip with Caitlin. Yeah. What's her name? Carter. Carter. Brody, she was who married. Had to... just broke up with Brody Jenner, star of 
MTV's The Hills. Right. Oh, and also he makes appearances on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yes. He's their stepbrother. Yeah, that one just like, that really just bummed me out. And now she's dating that guy who just is not cute, Cody Simpson. Her new boyfriend isn't cute. I'm sorry, Miley, but he's not. <laughs> I don't get it. How about you? Well, Rosie O'Donnell oh, yeah. and Liz is the obvious pick. Um, but my serious one, I guess, would be like Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper both broke up with their significant others and they're still not together. Yeah, what the hell? I was led to believe, based solely on the film, on their well, their Oscar born and their Oscar performance. I was gonna say "Born This Way," which is a Lady Gaga album that I love. A Star Is Born, a Star Is Born, that they would find romance together. Yeah, it was that Oscar performance done? Did it? Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I actually liked her with. Oh no, I'm thinking of her old old. She dated Taylor Kinney, who's an actor. This was like her last last boyfriend though. Two boyfriends ago. Oh. Never mind. I do have to say the other one is Meg Ryan, the actress Meg Ryan and John Mellencamp, like Johnny Cougar Mellencamp, um, have have been on a roller coaster ride for like five years. They've been like engaged and unengaged, and then they've just been like up and down. And this year they like had been engaged, and then they broke it off again. So like R.I.P. that relationship, which I really like. <laughs> I just think they're cute, but who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll get back together. This one must be because we were talking to Emily Sawalik last week about how you form a habit. She said it takes three weeks, right? Yep. So if you do something for three weeks, it becomes a habit. Your body knows to do it. Your mind knows to do it. And Molly talked about her nightly facial regimen. Yeah, just my night cream. Just a night cream. So (laughs) this listener asks, what night moisturizer do you recommend? That's a great question. I just use... I. I'm a drugstore girl, like, for the most part. I found one at CVS. It's Olay. It's just, like, Olay age-defying night cream. And it's just, like, it's creamy, but it's not, like, too, too heavy when you put it on. And my skin wakes up. I wake up with dewy skin in the morning. So it's a good one. Um, I am totally swayed by Instagram ads. And so I've been buying a lot of glossier products. Yes. I've heard good things. (laughs) Yes. So they have a moisturizing moon mask that I really like, but it is, it's more expensive than I would ordinarily pay for my like face products, my beauty products. I think that this time of year though, it's a little different too. Like I'm extra dry. Yes, definitely. So what's your daily moisturizer? Ooh, um, it's from Sephora, and I think it's their brand, but it's like a cloud moisturizer, so it kind of, it doesn't seep into your skin all at once. It kind of sits on top of your skin, and it makes you you look really dewy. Yeah, and just like fresh. Yeah. I use, um, again, drugstore, but like the Neutrogena Hydro Boost. I had just, so, and the reason I bring this up is because I had just been using the, um, I use the gel cream, the water, the water gel is really popular too. My skin's a little too dry for that. But I love the gel cream, and over the summer it was great, but then I started getting extra dry, so I bought the like their serum that goes with it. So you put the serum on first because it's like super hydrating, and then the moisturizer. But I feel like I was like, oh, I got to spend like extra money in the winter because my skin is <laughs> gross. I hear you. It's just dry. So yeah, I think I do think at this time of year it's like you got to just be like, listen, skin, <laughs> showing you more love. <laughs> The next question said, as educators, how do you feel about homeschooling? I think I talked about this when we were discussing Billie Eilish. Yes. In particular. I understand if you want to homeschool your kid when they're in elementary school. I guess I think there are social implications to that. But I don't understand how you could homeschool a kid in high school unless you are a content expert in chemistry, in Spanish, in literature. Like, I could certainly teach an AP literature class. I could not teach an AP Spanish class. You know what I mean? So I just, I don't understand people who think that they can be content experts at the high school level in all of those subjects. Yeah, I think that that's really difficult. I don't know, like, so I think, I do think in some ways, like, there are certain things I think about where, like, I'm always like, why can't we do, like, Montessori style? And I'm like, oh, I guess, like, there are probably a lot of, some parents who are like, I want to let my kids sort of like explore what they want to do. Maybe like that's their angle. Um, one of the main issues with homeschooling that I have found, re- I, I read a lot of like, well, like ch- child welfare and education, whatever. And a big problem in many states, not all states because of regulations, but there are many states that have no homeschool regulations. And therefore, 
there are no mandatory reporters around children who are in abusive households. So a lot of the time, or much of the time, or there have just been reports, that's what I should say. There's just a lot of reports of like homeschooled children who never leave their house or live with a family who's abusive or they don't they're undernourished or malnourished um and no one knows yes and so i think that my problem isn't necessarily with homeschooling itself it's with regular regulations with oversight and like kids need to be in contact with mandatory reporters at some point and as you know, a mandated reporter, or manda- yeah, mandated. I'm but like, that's not the right word. I so I, <laughs> if I felt like my student was in danger, I have to report it legally, or else I will be held liable. Yes. Yep. So I think that's more of like where I come from there. Yeah. No. I. Not, that's. I hadn't even thought of that. Right. Angle. I follow some reporters on Twitter who like that's their beat. Wow. <laughs> or like that's not their beat. Like, but that's lo- alone. But it's a lot of people who are former, um, like evangelical. Mm-hmm. Former evangelicals are former like quiverful, which is what the um, the Duggars are, the nineteen kids. Mm-hmm. That's like their like Christian movement. So it's a lot of people who come from that because they they homeschool. They tend to homeschool up, so they kind of know. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Molly and I always joke <laughs> that I am very susceptible to cults. <laughs> yes, <laughs> groupthink. You know, you get a bunch of people around, and a charismatic leader. Mm-hmm. I'm there. <laughs> well, and I think in certain places it's easier. Like I think geographically, there are places where it's easier to fall into that than others too. So like a lot of these folks tend to live in like Appalachia They're and like isolated. Yeah. So. So the next question was, what Disney villain would you be? And I said I'd be one of the hyenas for that very <laughs> reason. I feel like there'd be all that singing and dancing. I'm in Scar. I'm like Scar, I'm yours. Um, who what would you be? What a good question. I don't know if I'm like. I don't know if I like do enough planning or if I'm like glamorous enough to be any of them. I think make maybe Captain Hook because I am afraid of things. I am afraid of, oh, yes, yes, I am Captain Hook because if I am, like, in a room that has a clock in it and I can hear it ticking, I will also get scared. (laughs) I'll be like, what? I just don't, it freaks me out. So, yeah, I'm Captain Hook. I also am afraid of crocodiles, but I'm also obsessed with them for that reason. So, like, not quite the same, but um, he also has beautiful hair. So, (laughs) a little bit of everything from Captain Hook. I do have two hands, though. The very last question said, what would be in the Sarah cocktail and what would be in the Molly cocktail, but you describe each other's? Well, okay. So the first ingredient in a Sarah cocktail is seltzer. <laughs> grapefruit, ruby red grapefruit seltzer. Oh my God, I'm drinking that right now. I know, it's like, it's your favorite one. And then I would probably have like, I'm not, I'm not a cocktail, pr- I don't know how to do this, but like <laughs> I would, I would probably, probably have gin in it, mm-hmm. grapefruit, grapefruit seltzer, and then like... Some other things that would make it like spritzy and like dry. That's how I would describe it. I feel like that's what you like to drink. It's true. <laughs> okay, I'm making like a spirit forward Long, Long Island iced tea, but it's like a Worcester iced tea. Yes. And there's also probably like a Dorito garnish. Or yeah. Something. Combos sprinkled on the top. You get, no, you get combos. I love combos. You get pizza combos. Oh, perfect. I'll yeah. take, I'll take Funyuns. Okay. Funyuns. Those are on the rim. I'm going to, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to pulverize like, Funyuns like, and do a Funyun rim. <laughs> Joy, Sean, are you listening? Yeah. Yes. Um, our coctologist friends. Did you say coctologist? Yeah, that's my funniest joke. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that a lot. All right, that's all I got for today. Yeah, I think, hold on, let me just make sure. I think I missed anything. Guys, so like, tell us if we missed stuff. Yeah, this um, was really fun. This was really fun. <laughs> oh, I guess, oh, you know what? Oh, I just wanted to mention briefly, one of the big stories this year that I was really excited about was the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. For lots of reasons, they won the World Cup is a big one. And Megan Rapinoe became like an international sensation. Um, she won her first Ballon d'Or, which is the golden ball. It's just for being really good. <laughs> I, would, I guess I should have been like, what does this mean? Anyways, but they were a huge story. People were like yeah. totally enamored by the whole entire Women's World Cup, which was really exciting. And then they have their um, fight for pay equality. And it's just been like a really... I think that they have just brought a lot to the forefront, not only just not only because of the like pay equality issue, but just for like women in sport and like how exciting women's sports can really be and that like the US can thrive in that avenue. So Amen. Yeah. Okay. Here are my two homework assignments. 
definitely go to the new Worcester Wares. I'm going to go to... It is in Alan Fletcher's building, the Worcester Public Market, right on Kelly Square. It's like right next to Crompton and Birch Tree and El Patron. And then my other assignment is we broke a story today and Simjang, Shimjung, is moving locations and turning into, the present location is turning into Lucy's Taco. Lucy's Taco... I got a call from Jared Foreman while he was in Mexico, and I was like, dude, what's going on? Okay, Lucy's Taco Shop and Margarita Bar. And so you have only until 2020 to go to Shimjong at its present location. Are they going to have a New Year's Eve party again, I hope? I'm not sure. Oh, um, we had a really fun time there last year. We really year. did. But you got to go get your ramen and everything. Yes. I, I assume there will be a little bit of a transition period. Get well, your free play games. Well, they'll probably leave those. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. So the decor is remaining the same. And they said, you know, it fits a Mexican concept. It's electric. And we really want to focus on tacos. So, yeah, Jared is in Mexico right now doing his research. He's visiting Maya, who works at Shimjong currently. Her family uh-huh. owns a huarache shop in Mexico City. And he's doing a lot of, like, markets and things. But he's also dining at some of the most exclusive restaurants in the world, yeah. which are in Mexico City. I've been following his stories. It looks scrumptious yeah everything looks great go to shimjong one last time on shrewsbury street because you only have until january 1st i have to say i have had tacos made by jared foreman they are excellent Mm -hmm. so i think that it'll probably be good endorsement (laughs) yes Yes. (laughs) all right well cheers enjoy the rest of your year and we'll be back actually next week with lucy hale Yes. False. Oh, shit. I did it. I wrote a story about how Lucy and Grace get mistaken for each other all the time, and I just did it. Grace Elton. Oh, man. Um, we're, we'll be back. Oh, I can't believe I did that. It's okay. because of the story, not because I think they're the same person. We're going to be meeting with Grace Elton at the Botanical Gardens next week in Boylston, yes. and um, you can tune in then to hear from her. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I have been Sarah. I have been Molly. And this is Pop-Up It. Pop it. <laughs>